You know, uh, Jesus paid a price, like Francis said, with the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now, I didn't have a white cloth this morning, but you'll get the picture, right? (laughs) The blood of Jesus has covered me and set me free from all sin, sickness, and disease. Covered and, and given me everything that I have need of. Amen? Everything that I have need of. Yep, i got to pull my thing up here. That's what i got to do. Okay, well, there, that's better. So, the blood of Jesus has set us free. Is that right? So, he set us free so we can have healing. Yeah, yeah. So, we can have, yeah, that's right. So, we can have freedom from sin. And all our all our needs met. Yeah, so we thank you we thank the Father for that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have healing. Stop in Jesus' name, stop. See that's what that's what happens. Stop and stop in Jesus' name. The name that's above every name, you have to cease your activity. You have to cease your activity. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're supposed to stop. No, you have to see. <laughs> have to see. Oh, that's mine in Jesus' name. That's mine. I, oh. Healing is mine. Healing is mine. Amen. 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 I'm losing my microphone here. <laughs> Healing belongs to me. But see, you know what? The church. Thank you. <laughs> That was a last-minute skit. Can you tell? <laughs> but I want you to get the picture. See that? See, you know, the devil wants to tug a war with us, and and he doesn't want to give healing back once he takes it. You know, the healing that has been given to us, if he takes it, we have a bigger fight on our hands to get it back. You understand that? Because he's taken the territory that has already been bought and paid for by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we have to get the healing back. Okay? So we understand that the word says, by his stripes we are healed. We understand that. If he's already gotten away with it, then we have a little bit more work to do to get a manifestation of healing in our body. Does that make sense? And so, um, I think this is on right. Am I still recording back there? Yeah, okay. So when healing has been stolen like that, there's a number of different reasons why. Either the church never knew they had healing to begin with, and that means they're in big trouble. <laughs> so or or they had healing, but they had no faith to grab and hang on to it. No faith to hang on to it. Okay? And the and the enemy stole it. And there's a number of different ways that he can steal it. We've talked about a lot of those. You know, um, there's there's different ways that the enemy will steal. He'll come to uh, deceive you. He'll come and lie to you. He'll come and just drip, 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 drip. He'll keep telling you, oh, oh, like what happened to me at Fisher's when I worked at Fisher's. I had um, people would go home sick. I've told you this before, I was a utility clerk, so I had, (laughs) whenever somebody left, I had their job to do. So people would say out of their mouth, oh, I'm going to be the next one to get sick. And I'd look at them, I'm going, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. You know, but they, sure enough, the next day they weren't there at all. They weren't at work. And so they had, they had gotten the fruit of their lips. Understand that? And I still run into people that will say, that's making me sick. What's wrong with that? Yeah, it's going to make them sick. Whatever it is, but it becomes an open door. So that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And whatever you love, that's the fruit you're going to have, whether it's life or whether it's death. Amen? So, so there's a lot of different ways that he comes to steal. But the thing that you have to be sold out on is that the fact that Jesus paid the price and he paid it for you. And he paid it for you. You have to be sold out on that. You have to know that you know that you know that you know. Amen? And so I've just got a lot to share, and um, I'm going to do my best to get us everywhere. Oh, that was good. That rhymed, didn't it? (laughs) Okay. um, 
one of the things, you know, because when you run into people, you're going to run into people that never knew healing was for today. I was, I was just working with someone uh, the other day that has run into some issues where people are saying, well, I don't know that healing is for today. Well, you have to know that first. If you're going to tell them anything, you're going to have to know the healing is for today. And so um, so you're going to run into that. And you're going to run into people that are born-again believers, and they don't know the healing is for them. So it's important that you are able to share the truth of the gospel with them. Amen? Okay, so I like to share, depending on what I'm dealing with, Romans 10, 9, and 10. And, you know, that is a scripture verse and people being, thanks, Kylie, for doing that skit. (laughs) Um, People being born again, you use that scripture verse. But that scripture verse is such a good one for confession as well. Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Okay, resulting in salvation. So we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth. That makes healing real simple, correct? We believe in our heart that Jesus died on the cross. We believe in our heart that by his stripes I am healed, and we confess it with our mouth. So if you did that, if you did that very thing when you got born again, it's that simple to confess for healing. Does that make sense? I believe Jesus died for my sins. I confess it with my mouth and I'm saved. I believe that Jesus paid the price for healing in my body. I confess it with my mouth and I'm healed. So that makes it really, really simple. Excuse me. I'm my mouth still dry because we're still in a place of fasting. Okay, so um, let's look at Hebrews eleven six, please. Hebrews 11.6. I hope somebody said what. I wasn't just hearing things. Hebrews 11.6. Again, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. If you're going to come to God for healing in your physical body, you must believe that he is. And that he is going to reward you because you're seeking him. So what would he reward you with? Trick question. (laughs) What would he reward you with? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and without faith is impossible pleasing. Faith is believing that he is and that he is rewarder of, of you diligently seeking him. So if you're seeking him for healing, then he's going to reward you with healing, correct? If you're seeking him with that, you know, I, I, it, it is so important it is so important that when you're taking that territory back and you have a fight on your hands, that's the focus. Your whole attention is focused on that. Your whole attention is focused on that. Now, whatever I say today, you're all going to be <laughs> held accountable for putting it to work in your life. I, I didn't think about that, but the Lord was just letting me know you'll have to put some of these things to work in your life because the, the, the enemy comes to steal the word immediately. So the word today is healing, and the enemy comes immediately to steal. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to put it to work, what you hear today. And so so he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? And so we have to know that we have to believe that he is, and then we're going to be rewarded with healing and restoration, whatever whatever we're seeking him for. Amen? Okay. Um, now, let me ask you this. Um, well, let's just stay right close. Hebrews 13, 8 first. Um, people don't know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But that's Hebrews 13, 8. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still in the healing business. And I'm, I'm sharing that with you because there's the people that do not know he's in the healing business today. He's just, alive, he's just as alive and well in bringing healing to the body of Christ as he was yesterday. Amen? Amen? Only he's... he's um, directing things from a different place. So, um, 13.8, 13, 8, let's see, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. So it's important. Some of these scripture verses, be sure and, and put them down. Um, the truth about healing, the truths that we're sharing right now, have to be bigger on the inside of you than what the enemy's trying to do on the outside. The truth has to be bigger on the inside of you. Yeah, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. But what do you believe about the greater one? The truth has to be bigger. Remember when Richard used to share about having a headache and God said, well, that's because the headache to you is bigger than what the word says about healing. Remember him sharing that? Any of you remember that? Yeah, he used to say that. And so the Lord dealt with him on healing. So it has to be bigger. It has to be bigger on the inside of you than... than, um, the truth has to be bigger than the facts that may be bombarding you. Amen? Has to be bigger. Has to be bigger. If it's not bigger, what are we going to do about it? We're going to confess the word. We're going to pray in tongues because that builds up your faith. And you're going to keep the word before you constantly. Go, let's go to Proverbs. Okay, I guess God's got a little bit different... Um, I'm sure thankful that I look at all these scripture verses and then he rearranges them on on Sunday morning. And I go, okay. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. And we're going to look at 20. 20. This is is really important to building yourself up to be able to believe God for healing. My son, that's you, that's me. Give attention to my words. You pay attention to what the word of God has said. Amen? Pay attention. Incline your ear to my sayings. You have to have an ear to hear what he's saying. You can't just fluff it off and think you know it. you got to know that you know that you know that you know. And when you know that you know that you know, you're going to be able to stand in the midst of the storm. You're going to be able to stand there while everything is going on around you. Amen? I had to do that yesterday. I I really did. It was really good, but it was an, it was um there was a victory in it. It wasn't me, it was for somebody else, but there was a victory in it. Amen. And so, okay, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Do not let them depart from your sight. You keep them before you. You know when priests went into the temple. They had that scripture verses hanging right here, right here. They had them before their eyes all the time. That's what I was telling you last week, and I had been more diligent this week to have um, my healing confessions going all night long, healing scriptures all night long, going all night long. So usually, you know, I'm not ready to sleep when I go to bed, but I hear about an hour before and an hour when I wake up in the morning. And so... And I remember I told you last week, get yourself built up. Don't wait till something hits you. Get busy and get built up. Build yourself up in the word of God. So it says here, do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. The word is life and health to your body. Life, say that, life and health, and health. The, word of God the word of God is to my body, to my body. Life, life and health, and health. The, word of God the word of God is to my body, to my body. I, have I have been redeemed from the curse, from the curse. And, the curse and the curse no longer exists, no longer exists. I, have I have been redeemed I have been set free, been set free. And, healing. and healing and wholeness, and wholeness. is mine In Jesus' name. name. I'm redeemed redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed redeemed from all sickness and disease. disease. I'm redeemed. redeemed. It doesn't bother me. It's not on me. me. Because I've been redeemed. I've been been set free. free. Amen. Amen. Set free. Set free. Set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, let's see here. Uh, uh, okay, I'm just going to, when you go to lay hands on people or pray for people, specifically pray for people like we did last week, 
You have to know when you go to pray for that person that God is bigger on the inside of you than whatever you're dealing with with them. You have to know that. You have to know that. I think I've shared this a number of times, but this was a, a classic one. Boy, I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson right away. When I went to pray for this guy, Dick and I were praying for this guy, and I, I think I've told you, you know, he had terrible stuff going on in his fingers. Dick says, pray for him. I'm going, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I laid my hands on him, you know. But what I did was wrong. What I did was wrong. I started receiving what was going on. I had an open door of fear. And instead of my faith going this way, I was receiving what was coming my way. You understand what I'm saying? So you, you have to, when you lay hands on the sick, it's you ministering to them. Amen? You. Life is flowing through you to them. Healing is flowing through you to them. It's not in reverse. You're in charge of the situation. Okay? You're in charge. So life and healing is in you. The anointing, virtue flows out of you. So it flows out of you. And you don't look at the circumstance. You don't think about it. It flows out of you to bring life and healing to that person. Amen? So in the midst, if you have to, if, if you are discerning demonic influence, you'll, you'll have to deal with that. You break the power of it and command it to get off of that person. And then you lose life and you lose healing. Whatever the Holy Spirit shows you. Okay? All right. So um, let's see. Now, I'm sure you guys all know that it's not God's will. It's not God's will. For the church, especially the church, because they're all redeemed. It's not God's will for you to have sickness and disease, right? And so if anybody comes up to you and lays hands on you and they don't know how to pray for healing, get out from underneath them right away. If they pray, if they're praying and all of a sudden they say, it be God's will, God's will, they're not praying right. They're not praying right. So don't, don't let them finish. Don't let them finish. It's always God's will to heal. It's always God's will to heal. And so when you go pray for people, it's always God's will to heal. You have to know that too, that it's always God's will to heal. When you go to put your hands on them, it's always, always, say always, always, always his will will. to heal. Now there's some scripture verses that we can go to. um, Isaiah 53, let's do that. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Now, we're going to get to one of the things that you you can do to receive healing today. Um, But uh, there's a whole uh, list of other things that we'll probably not get to today. But Isaiah 53, verse 4, says, Surely our griefs he himself bore. And our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. That the counterpart, the New Testament part for that is Matthew eight seventeen, And that scripture verse came alive to me a long time ago when I pictured, when I pictured Jesus taking on the infirmities, everybody, in the sickness and disease, everything, he took it on. And then off of me, he took it away from me, and then he carried it away. He carried it away. Literally, it says he carried it away. So why do we put sickness and disease back on? Why do we allow it? We allow it because, well, that's the way things are. No, it isn't the way things are. Amen? It's not the way things are. You have been set free. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Whatever the sickness and disease is, you've been redeemed and set free. And you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you have life and healing and wholeness flowing in your body in Jesus' name. But we we tend to give place to the enemy, don't we? Okay. Another another scripture verse that's my favorite, John 6, 38. Um, It's really good. And these scripture verses, if you need to convince or show somebody when you're ministering to them, um, you know, that it is God's will to heal. These are really important. A lot of people don't think that it's God's will. They start looking at everything in the Old Testament. How can God be a good God and heal me when he does all that bad stuff? Well, um, 
<laughs> he got, no, I'm not going to say that. Okay. So, um, John 6, 38. For I have come, Jesus is talking here. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of who? Huh? God. He came down, he came down to do God's will. So don't let anybody tell you. It isn't God's will to heal. Because then if you look at Acts 10, 38, you know Jesus of Nazareth who was anointed and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed to the devil. Amen? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed to the devil. So you can put those two scripture verses together. That was Acts 10, 38. You can put those two scripture verses together and make a really great case to prove to people that God is in the healing business and Jesus paid the price. Amen? Okay, I want to I wanna show you one more thing that just jumped out at me um, as I was prepping for this. Go back real quick to Isaiah 53, and we're going to look at verse 5 now. we still got plenty of time, maybe. All right. Isaiah 53 here. You know I never get done with everything I have down on my paper anyway, so... Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. So he was pierced through for our transgressions. Another word for that is sin. Thanks, Jeff. And he was crushed for our iniquities. Again, and, and by his scourging, we were healed. So, again, it's dealing with sickness and disease. I don't know what King James says there. But, um, but, but it's, and then go over here to First Peter, New Testament now. New Testament. So pe- people will say, oh, that's Old Testament. That don't mean anything. Well, you've got to find your New Testament counterpart when you're talking to people. Because they, they'll use that line on you all the time. First Peter 2.24. Um, Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to do 24. And he himself, Jesus, of course, bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, we were healed. So both of those things are in there. Sin, we were were set free from sin. We were set free from sickness and disease. Old Testament and New Testament. Then if you go to Psalm 103, I, I know I'm going fast, but I'm trying to cover a lot of territory, guys. Psalm 103. And if you have trouble, just jot it down or Psalms 103. So I want you to see that in Old Testament, New Testament, it talks about sin and sickness, both there together, that Jesus paid the price. The New Testament, sin and sickness, both there together. There's no dividing there's no division. They're all right there together. So he paid the price for both things. Amen? Amen. You can't separate them, but the church has done that. The church has separated and said he just paid, he just paid the price for sin. And they've taken out the sickness and disease. That's why, that's why the church is sick. And I'm not talking about us. That's why the church at large is sick. Amen? Amen. Okay, so Psalm 103, it says... Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So so praise and worship is a big part of healing as well. Manifestation of healing. Bless the Lord, verse 2, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. These are his benefits. Who pardons all our iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. And it goes, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Amen? So we don't forget any of those benefits. And again, those are all ours in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Again, I I have to remind you that you're going to be held accountable for what you hear. And so you need to put the word to work. You need to put it to work right away okay all right so um now i wanted to run a list of scripture verses here they're all new testament now 
ones where you can see that that in these situations it was faith that got their healing for them okay um let's just maybe we don't need to hit all of them but matthew eight ten, please matthew 8 Matthew eight ten, and this is this is one of my. About the centurion, and I'm actually it it starts up a little further than ten, but um. Verse five. Let's start. And when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, entreating him and saying, "Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home." suffering great pain. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And they say to this one, go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my slave do this and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following Truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. See, the centurion understood the authority that Jesus was walking in, and it was the authority that he rebuked. He see, he didn't have to be right there and lay hands on him. He was be able to rebuke the demonic influence from where he was. Just like when we stand in a place of intercession or gap for a person, we can rebuke the demonic influence where we are. Amen. Amen. We can do that from where we are. Yeah, yeah. I had to do that yesterday. Break the power of some dumb junk, and and and, and it was still we, we had a good report. But you ha- you can do that from where you are. You use your authority and break the power of that. You're standing in the gap for that person, like we talked about last week. Okay, okay. Matthew uh, nine two. Matthew nine two. I guess we're right across the page. And behold, they were bringing to him a paralytic lying on a bed, and Jesus seeing their faith. Now look at this. Jesus saw their faith and, and said, their faith said to the paralytic, Take courage, my son, your sins are forgiven. Because that would have had to have been, uh, if he didn't know the man, that would have had to have been a word of knowledge, okay? And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This fellow blasphemies, blasphemies. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, Rise, take up your bed, and go. And he rose and went home. But when the multitude saw this, they were filled with awe and glorified God, who had given such authority to men. It became a sign and a wonder to a lot of people. Amen. But it was the guys that brought him in. It was their faith that he was able to get his healing on. It was their faith. Amen. It was their faith. So just know that. That's uh, another good example. It was their faith. Um, 9.22, please. Just right next door. And this is um, the woman who had been suffering uh, from a hemorrhage for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I shall get well. What was her faith? Where was her faith at? Touching his garment. It was a point of contact. Now, the garment didn't have the healing in it, but it was a point of contact. She was, she was believing that all I have to do is touch that. And the virtue went out of him. She received her, her healing because he, she touched his, his, his uh, garment. So there's a places where there's points of contact. We're going to do that today. Um, but a point of contact where you can, um, she touched the garment. There's other places in the word that I have them down where they touch the garment and the virtue, virtue comes out and heals everybody, heals every, everybody. I think that is on that one. Um, yeah, that's in Mark 10. We'll, we'll try to get there. But okay, and and so um, 
Another point of contact, can anybody, can anybody else tell me what another point of contact would be where you can believe the minute there's a point of contact, you know that you're going to start receiving your healing? Another point of contact? Besides, you know, besides the garment. Huh? Uh, huh? Shadow. Shadow, yeah. Well, hmm. <laughs> Linda, laying on of hands is a point of contact. Yeah, a point of contact. The minute the minute you lay hands on, that tells you, Dennis. That tells Dennis, healing virtue is going to start flowing. He's, amen. It's a point of contact. Healing the oil, the oil is another point of contact. Another point is where Paul in Acts, where he was, you know, had the. Uh, handkerchiefs and the aprons and that's a point of contact where they were prayed over those and then they took them and people put them on people and demons were coming out people were being being healed from that point of contact okay and so um let's see the anointing oil yeah yeah i said that one a little bit I don't know if I made it real clear, though. So anointing oil yeah, is, another, is another point of contact. It's not that any of those things do anything. It's a point of contact that lets you, tells you to get out of the, get out of the gate, get your horse going. <laughs> that means you've got your healing coming. You know, I, and people have to, you know, when you receive your healing, and you know you do, you know you do, you sense the anointing flowing through you, the minute you can't, you have to hold on to that anointing. People will come up and line up and they'll be prayed for and they turn around and the minute they walk away, they lose their healing. And then they wonder why God didn't heal them. Well, that's why you have to have something to hold, hold on to that healing. And that's why it's really important to build yourself up in your faith. Amen? Amen? Because they do. You wouldn't know that, but they do. I learned that years ago with my ordaining pastor you know he would yeah he would he know immediately when they left that they had lost their healing okay so um 929 did we get to that one i don't think we did 920 then he touched their eyes saying be it done to you according to your faith and their eyes were opened and jesus sternly warned them saying See here, let no one know about this while well, he was talking about. But they went out and spread it anyway. Okay. But their faith, according to their faith, let it be done to them according to their faith. Um, 15. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I, I think. I was just trying to kind of cut corners a little bit here. But um, again, um, Um, this was this is just another one um, verse 28 then Jesus answered and said to her this is the lady that had the daughter that you know she wasn't supposed to be able to come before the Lord and um, she she said to him even the dogs are able to get the crumbs under the table meaning I'm I, I'm I want that I want that too I'll take the crumbs and Jesus said um, answered and said to her oh woman your faith is great she believed so much that she was even willing to bring, you know, that she was even willing to receive what crumbs was left after him ministering to bring a healing and a, and a deliverance to her daughter. Um, a woman, your faith is great. Be it done for you as you wish. And your daughter was healed. And her daughter was healed at once. Yeah. I mean, you can read that whole part before that, but you, you can see where, you know, because she wasn't um, part of the Jewish situation she wasn't able to receive but she says i'm i i want this anyway you know what i'm saying i want this you you read that i, I want to keep moving here mark 2 5 please mark 2 5 i just want you my main focus is i want you to see that their faith their faith was bringing a manifestation of healing to either their their daughter or their servant or um Somebody that they brought for healing. Okay, Mark 2, 5. And Jesus, seeing their face, said to the paralytic, My son, your, my, 
my son, your sins are forgiven. Again, uh, that was the same one we read in Matthew, but he, he saw their faith. Their faith made the difference. Amen. Okay, Mark 10. Forty-six, And they came to Jericho, and as he was going out from Jericho with his disciples, Jesus was, and a great multitude, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he had heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet. Verse 49, and Jesus stopped and said, call him here. He heard, he heard the faith. He didn't let up. He didn't quit. He was continuing to believe God. He was confessing his healing. Take courage. And I'm talking to you, confessing your healing. Amen. Take courage. Arise. He's calling for you. 50, verse 50. And casting aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind men said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he gained his sight and began following him on the road. Amen? Immediately he regained his sight. And, but, uh, you know, again, Jesus knew there was faith there. Okay, Acts 3.16, I believe that's the one where Peter, the um, guy was laying. And... Nope. Anyway, it's, it's still one that we need to cover. We can do. Um, verse 16 of Acts 3. And on the basis of faith in that name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know, and the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. Okay. The name of Jesus, and we'll probably talk more um, exhaustive on that next week, but that's another way you can receive your healing is having faith in that name. Faith in the name, that name that's above every name. It says in Philippians, that name that's above every name. You know, I've used that name when I've been um, in tight spots or I, I, I maybe just got hurt, and I start saying the name of Jesus. I just to program myself to start saying the name of Jesus that's above every name. That name of Jesus has been and everything, everything. You, see, you have to believe the word of God if you're going to make it work for you. You have to believe it. So the name of Jesus that's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, everything has to bow. bow. It has to bow. So if it has to bow, then it's going to lose its influence off of you. Is that right? Yeah, if it has to bow. So the name of Jesus, having faith in the name of Jesus, causes it to make everything else bow. Amen? Amen. Okay, so having faith in the name of Jesus. Okay, so um, let's look at um, James 2, please. James 2:17 Okay, and I'm going to read I'm going to read this first out of mine and then the amplified. Even so faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. Okay? Amplified. So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds or actions of obedience to back it up by itself, it is destitute of power by itself. It's, it's inoperative. Amen? It's inoperative. So if you have, if, if you're um, going to just, let's say, use the name of Jesus, you're going to use the name of Jesus, but you don't have any faith with it, it is inoperative. It doesn't, it won't work. It won't produce anything if you don't believe what you're saying. Okay, you have to have action with it. And then then you can tie Mark. Let's look at Mark. Let's tie those two together. Mark. Um, Mark 11, please. 
I talked a little bit about this last week, but Mark 11 is, um, is the one that starts out in verse 22. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. And then verse 23 says, Truly I say to you, and Jesus is talking here. It's like he's standing and telling you this right now. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Now verse 24 is where I'm going, but 23 is full of all kinds of good stuff. But 24, therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they they shall be granted you. Remember when we, we had the little skip where the things have been um, stolen? The enemy's taken ground. He's taken your healing. Okay, you have to. That word receive there means to seize. 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 You seize it back. You seize it back from the enemy. Take back your healing. Take back your healing. And you'll have to stand and do that. The action with that would be speaking it out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I command that devil to get off my my, uh, physical body. And I receive healing now in Jesus' name. I receive that healing that belongs to me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Healing belongs to me. By his stripes I am healed. I am made whole in Jesus' name. Now, see, you can say all of that, but do you believe all of that? That's where. That's why I was talking about the faith of this whole thing. You can have all kinds of healing scriptures, and you can sit there and go down them and down them, and I think that's good to keep going over and over. And finally, there'll be a rhema with them, and you can grab a hold of it, and you can know that that healing is yours. Or you can just sit there and go, ho-hum, 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 hum, ho-hum. I'm going to go to sleep. You know what I mean? And not put any action with it, not believe it. If you're not going to believe it, don't waste your time. You've got to believe. Remember I said the word, it's in the word, and I believe it, and that settles it? It's in the word for a reason. It's in the word to bring life and healing and wholeness to you if the devil has taken it away. It's in the word. And by his stripes, I am healed. He carried away all sickness and disease. And he gave me healing and health and wholeness. It's me. It's in my body. It flows through my body. Amen. I'm the head, not the tail. I come behind to no good thing. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Life and healing and wholeness flows through my body in Jesus' name. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen. 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 Okay. So we, we did talk about that confession. We, and, you know, if you need any more uh, samples of the confession back there, there's still some strips of that back there. Okay. I want to, um, hmm, it's already after 12. Um, hmm. We're going to, I'm going to go for it. It's going to be a little later today. That's okay. <laughs> it won't be real long, I promise. I'll, I'll skip fast. Let's go to Acts 19, please. Acts 19. I want to get this out because I want you to do it. I want you to put this to work. Acts 19.12. And God was, well, 11 actually. And God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. The evil spirits went out. So that we're talking about handkerchiefs and aprons. You know, he was in a a wealthy part of Ephesus and the handkerchiefs were the, the things that they'd wrap on their head, you know. I suppose sometimes they used them here, but anyway. <laughs> so they were they were to stop the sweat from coming, and they were to keep their heads cool. There was a number of things that, and then the aprons were uh, the aprons were just like a. You probably can see pictures. It was just a skinny piece of material, an apron type thing. And the the wealthy, I mean, he would minister in the temple where there, where there was the wealthy wealthy, and and their outfits were a little more um, flowery, a little more more um, exciting, more um, um, prettier, I guess you could say. If, if Paul, Paul wouldn't have been going in there and just doing something with, you know, his ordinary clothes, he was going in dressed, 
to, to um, minister to those that were in the upper class, so to speak. That's where this was taking place. And um, in these pagan temples, like, I don't know if he was in that temple, but they were used to, they were used to in Ephesus going into the pagan temples, and they would get a fetish. You know what I mean by fetish? They would buy a fetish because they believed that there was power in that fetish and they would take it home with them or give it to family member or to, to do whatever they thought it would do. So that's why God was using the aprons and the handkerchiefs because people were used to having these kinds of things. I'm, I'm talking about in a pagan temple was the fetishes. So God was using aprons and handkerchiefs to allow uh, to let the anointing, the healing virtue flow in there, the anointing to flow, so that when they took these claws and laid them on people, the demonic influences went screaming out. Healing came to them. So they were used to that kind of thing. You understand the parallel here? They were used to that because they went into their pagan temples and get a fetish, and it would do it would, wouldn't do the same thing, of course, but they were used to trying to use that. Okay, so, so in saying all that, then... Um, so these, the garments, the things that was on Paul were just saturated with the anointing of God, with the anointing. So people were being set free and healed. And so um, I want us to do that today. Um, you can see that I talked about a point of contact earlier. You can see that where that happened with the woman and the issue, you know, where she had the hemorrhaging. She touched his garment and his garment she received the virtue. Jesus knew the virtue went out and went in to somebody, but he didn't know who. Remember that whole story? Okay, so they were amazed that that was, that was even, I mean, people around Jesus said, well, there's all kinds of people around you. He says, who touched me? <laughs> all these people were crowding, crowding in around him, okay? Anyway, so a point of contact. So that's what I want us to do. So, um, uh, Jerry, you can start bringing those tables in. And I want us to lay our hands on because see, you guys are all anointed. You're all anointed. I want us to lay our hands on and on the prayer cloths, this table up here. Josh, if you would want to pull this, pull this table. Um, just, I was just going to line them up kind of right here. Um, if people can get to these tables, maybe we should do, maybe we should just do one maybe up here. Just kind of set it right here. And the other one we can, oh, go the other way. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then while we're doing that, would you hand those out to everybody, please? First John 2.27 while they're doing that. First John 2.27. And as for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and is, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it taught you, you abide in him. So that anointing, that anointing is um, um, available in you to lay hands on these claws. And then if you want to take one, if you have a family member, um, but we're, we're going to lay hands on them. Everybody's going to help, and you don't just pick one cloth, put your hands on them all over, and in Jesus' name, I lose that healing anointing. In Jesus' name, I break the power of all demonic influences off of this person that uses this cloth in healing. Just hit them all. Hit them all. We're going to do that. Everybody's going to have a turn to do that. I want you to get used to the anointing flowing through you, the virtue flowing through you, because you're the minister's that said, it, God said to go um, into all the world and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, and they will, they will recover. That's right. They will recover. Amen? Amen. Okay, Lord, what was it? I have one more thing. Hmm. Oh, this that you're getting. Is, um, did everybody get one, by the way? Or at least a family member got it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, this that I printed off is um, is really good if you have any doubt what praying in tongues will do for you. <laughs> praying in tongues will will bring a um, a total healing and a rest, or not a total, but causes your immune system 
to kick up uh, 30 to 40 percent. And um, I don't know if this one's in that this report, but the the um, healing anointing or the um, praying in tongues not only boosts your immune system, but also they have proven that when you're praying in tongues, there is a part that where the brain works is is silent. And so they found that they know that the your, your, the prayer language is coming from somewhere else. It's not coming from your brain. So there's just some really neat things that are out there about praying in tongues. And so I, I printed this off. I used this a couple times and sent it over the phone this week to people. And so I just think I, I've talked about it before, but I was reminded to look that up, how important it is to pray in tongues and uh, how it can keep you in, keep you just the benefits of it. Okay, so these prayer clots, I know of a couple of situations, but there was one man, I think he was in his 60. This, I don't know this personally, but this is what I had read about. This man was in his 60s. He'd been incarcerated for 38 years of his life. He was not able to be out in public or anything like that. And I think it was his sister got a prayer cloth and pinned it on him, and um, he went back to where he was. In 10 days, it took 10 days, and in 10 days, he was totally normal. Just like that, he became normal, and he was able to be put back into society with no problems at all. Yeah, isn't that neat? That's a neat testimony. There was another one similar to that. This this young man was um, in his 20s, I believe, in his 20, 28, somewhere like that, and the same kind of issue, and... And he had um, gotten a prayer cloth. Somebody had given him a prayer cloth. And he was um, set free as well. So so the prayer cloths, they work. Amen? They work. Okay. So why don't we, um, half of you, or maybe this side, come over here. I know these tables aren't very big, but, you know, maybe take turns getting your hands on. Maybe some of you can, and then back up and let someone else. Okay? And you know what to pray? <laughs> I lose in Jesus' name. I lose healing. I lose life. I lose uh, restoration. I command, I, I ask you, Father, to bring um, deliverance through this prayer cloth. You, you know, just that's what you need to pray, okay? So go ahead. <laughs> Step up. You may be in a meeting and may be asked to lay hands on. I mean, I've done that before. Lay hands. Well, it'd be okay if you want to do that, but if you want to participate, then I'm fine with that too. And just you go ahead and do your own praying about it, and then we'll just take turns. <laughs> 